welcome to the Good Fight Sports Podcast, your home for local sports here in the 574. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode seven of the Good Fight Sports Podcast. Uh, my name is Kenny, and we got Brady back this week. Yeah, I'm back, everybody. How's it going? So it's good to have Brady back. Uh, missed him last week, but show must go on. Um, and we got more sports to talk about. Oh, we do. Um, we're going to start first. The biggest thing that happened for an area team for mm-hmm. high school basketball Oh, yeah. Uh, if you guys don't know, state finals happened yesterday. Uh, the last game for high school basketball for boys. Um, and Northwood was down at state. And uh, they were playing a uh, team called uh, Guerin Catholic. Mm. I think that's how you say it. It's a weird name. Never heard of them, so. Yeah, they're down by, like, Noblesville. Oh, okay. West, area. West, Westfield area. They're okay. right in between. They're more close to Westfield, but their their address they have a so they're located more towards Westfield, but they have a uh, Noblesville zip code, which is weird. That is weird. Hmm, I, I don't get that. Maybe this one Pol- be postal service for you. Yeah, that's that's that for you. <laughs> Indianapolis area for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but they played them, and uh, Northwood is your three A state champion. Um, so yes, we're going to give job. them good job. Um, it was a really good game. Um, unfortunately I couldn't see it because I was busy with, uh, other things, uh, church related events. Um, so I just found stats of the game. Um, so in scoring, uh, at, before we go scoring, this was uh, Northwood's first ever state title in boys basketball. And they join a rare um, portion of teams in the state that have won uh, state championships in both basketball, football, and other sports. There's only 10 schools that have done that. Wow. Um, Obviously, we already know those schools because they're ben Davis, the big name. Penn. Ben, no. Penn hasn't? No, they haven't won a title in boys basketball yet. They've made it to state. They probably won't win one for a while now. You, I mean, I don't yeah, know. Losing right, Marcus yeah, Bergen, I mean, I mean that's... Yeah, you're, you're right. Um, but, yeah, Ben Davis. There's only six um, public schools. Uh, no, four, I think four public schools. Six Catholic schools. Oh, okay. So mostly all of the Catholic schools down south, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> In the Indianapolis Cathedral... Uh, Lafayette Central Catholic, all of those teams. Yeah. So they joined a rare portion up there. Um, but, yeah, it was good to see Northwood win yesterday. Northwood had a huge crowd down there. I, I would, if I was guessing, I would say probably like close to 2,000. Wow. At least. That's crazy. I, I mean, at minimum two. I mean, I saw a picture. It was like they filled three three like three tiers of seating at the uh, at Gainbridge Field House. Wow. Um so I'll get into scoring. Uh Cade Brenner uh for Northwood uh led the scoring uh from both sides. He had 28 points, 23 of which came in the first half. 
So he was on fire in the first half uh, and then obviously cooled down in the second half. Mm. Um, Tyler Roush had 14 points, 13 rebounds, five and five blocks. So another complete game for him. Uh, Ian Roush had 13 points, and he won the uh, uh, Mental Attitude Award for uh, all the uh, for um, high school basketball for boys. Um, then Ethan Wolf had, and then Ethan Wolf had nine. Um, so Northwood finishes the season 28 and two, winners of 20 straight games. Crazy. Um, ranked number one in 3A. And the best defensive team in the whole state in 3A. And and the state in general. Only giving up just 36.4 points a game. That's amazing. <laughs> so. That's I, some. Uh, I, that's. Another round of applause. That's, in, that's incredible. That's great. Honestly. Great. I mean, those numbers. That's like some South Bend, uh, Washington, female. You know, yeah, that's the Washington girls. Yeah, that's type the Washington numbers. girls. Yeah, um, but just all around great year for Northwood. Um, I saw another thing where it was kind of giving like an, an underrated coach, uh, and someone put uh, the head coach for Northwood, Aaron Wolf, and I would have to agree. Yeah, he's very underrated. I mean, the fact that last year Northwood won, I believe, twenty five games. Then to come back the next year and win twenty eight plus a state championship. Yeah. Plus you only you they only graduate a few players. I mean they have most of the team coming back next year. Right. So it's high hopes for them next year. I would say yeah, high hopes. I mean I wouldn't say they're gonna win state. I'm not gonna predict that, but I'm right. gonna, I'm saying probably another twenty win season, mm-hmm. probably making it to semi state. I mean Northwood. I think Northwood. You're gonna see a lot of Northwood. Yeah. They're definitely uh, going to be for a while. They're I don't think they're at the con- level of contender yet, but I think that they're right behind that. I think that they could maybe if they play well next year, um, right, have that shot of making mm-hmm. it to state and possibly yeah. win that. You know, yeah, repeat. So, but, unfortunately, that mm-hmm. wraps up high school basketball. High school basketball. We now move to college basketball. Even okay. interesting. So before we get yeah. to the tournament. We got to talk about stuff that's happened at Notre Dame because there's been a lot that's happened up there yeah. for college basketball. So first, Notre Dame lost their five-star recruit, uh, JJ Starling, hmm. entered the transfer portal, and he's going to Syracuse. Uh, doesn't surprise f- me, sadly. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, his family's also from the New York area. Okay, so that makes so sense. So he's going home to be closer to them. Yep. Um, so. Cupboard is looking pretty bare because there's also other players that are transferring out. Uh, so for them, uh, finding more players and whatever, and then trying to find a coach, Cupboard's looking pretty dry. I mean, um, they're getting Marcus Burton still, right? Yeah, he's they're still, still getting Marcus still, Burton. Okay. So he's, I mean, there's still that to hold on to. Uh, and speaking of new coach, um, if you didn't know, Mike Bray said that he was done after this year and yep. he's gone. Um, Good. So, <laughs> sorry, but uh, exactly as a as a Notre Dame yeah. fan, I'm wearing a Notre Dame hoodie. You got I gotta say, uh, yeah, you know, it was a it was high time that he go. Bye. Uh, yeah, <laughs> don't let the door hit you on the way out, Bray. No, I'll um, let it hit you. Wow, I, that's I mean, a whole other. That's, that, a whole that's other again, podcast. that's a whole other podcast right there. Uh, but their next head coach. 
has been named, and he's already been hired, and he's already on campus. Uh, Micah Shrewsbury from Penn State is the next uh, Notre Dame head coach. Uh, he was named officially um, yesterday as the Glenn and Stacy Murphy head, men, head men's basketball coach, um, and he is the 18th coach in uh, program history. Mm. Um, and he's coming off a 23-14 and 14 season at Penn State. And Penn State made the tournament, too. Yeah. And were runners-up in the – I think runners-up in the Big Ten Championship. I think they were, I yeah. Because I think that – yeah, they were because they played Purdue. Yeah. And they played Purdue tough in the first first half, and then Purdue went on to win. And that was the only title that Purdue won this year. Yeah. I'll just leave it at that because we'll get into – We don't want Purdue fans I, to – We know a lot. We know, we know some Purdue fans. Yeah. Yeah, I and I covered Purdue last week yeah. on that little on the podcast that I did. Um, so we won't get into what happened with to right. Purdue. Um, just I think, yeah, enough I know, said. I, enough said. A moment of silence for Purdue. Yeah. Okay, that's enough. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> so, um, uh, Cormac Ryan, player for Notre Dame, is also out. Uh, he's dipping. For the NBA draft. Oh. And has entered the portal. So he's gonna test his he's gonna test the waters for him in the NBA draft. If he doesn't like it, he he can back out and then he's gonna go somewhere else. Hmm. So I also say bye, see ya, because we don't need you. Cause in his career, he averaged a little bit over ten points a game. So not that much. Bye. Role player. I mean, yeah, exactly. Role player, but he but he was a starter, so he should be averaging more. Right. But yeah, whatever. Yeah, no. Marcus so, Burton will uh, exactly pick up the slack. I I said that I said this to my dad yesterday. I, I I said that Marcus Burton, if he continues what he's doing in college, he can be the next Demetrius Jackson at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, I mean, Demetrius Jackson coming out of high school was basically the same way that Burton was. And so if he continues, right. I, I see. I think his first season will be adjusting to oh, yeah, you know, college. Sure. But definitely his sophomore year, he's going he's gonna to go off and play really well. Right, right. And I, like, I, like, I'm trying not to compare him too much to Demetrius Jackson. But, I mean, I remember when Demetrius Jackson came in. I mean, Demetrius was – he didn't look like a college player. He looked like a high school player playing in college. Right. Um, and he was a little – he had a lot of weight to him. Not saying that he was, like, big or anything, but he for a point guard yeah, he or, was or a, a shooting guard or whatever his right. role was his first year, he looked a little out of, out of shape. Out of place. Yeah, exactly. And then his second year he came in and he slimmed down – and he got he got bigger, got lean. Uh, he got lean, and he got mean. Yeah. Um, and that's what I see Marcus Burton gonna do. I think he's gonna the first year he'll probably look the same as he does in high school, but then probably second year he's gonna like hit the weight room, and I mean it's gonna show. Yeah. So, I mean, sky's the limit for Burton at Notre Dame for sure. And hopefully he doesn't transfer out either after his first year, and hopefully he doesn't leave. Either, <laughs> like uh, some other players have done at Notre Dame, <coughs> yeah. Blake Wesley, 
But that's neither here nor there, and that's another po- that's another podcast yeah, for another time that's too. Another thing. Um, while we were talking about Mike Bray, we need to mention that he actually did interview for a coaching position. He went down to South Florida to interview, hmm. um, but he was not extended a job offer. Of course, he wasn't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the door didn't even open to kick him. He just didn't get in. He oh no, the in. door was open. The door was open, but I think South Florida realized what kind of a coach they're getting. Yeah. One that doesn't really recruit that much and that doesn't play a, their bench. Yeah. So I am not surprised that he didn't get the job. Right. So. Eh. But that's another podcast for another time, yeah. too. Because it's time now. For NCAA tournament news. Oh, yeah. What what probably he, people are here for. Yeah, the final four. Or f- to hear us talk. Pretty much about the final four. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, we got to cover the fact that Kansas State defeated Michigan State. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe. I mean, to be fair, I was in Michigan, you know, on vacation a week or two ago. And, you know, it was great to see Michigan beat. Uh, was it Michigan State beat USC? Yes, I think so. Yes, that was the best thing because everyone was so happy and drinking beer and getting that <laughs> wasted, and I was sitting there drinking my water and just crying tears of joy, Kenny. <laughs> getting drunk on water, getting drunk on water, getting high on life. <laughs> but yeah, Kansas State defeated Michigan State ninety-eight ninety-three in overtime. You know, it was a really good game. Uh, Keontae Johnson for K State. Led the way for them with 22 points. And then Marquise Nor- Norwell had a terrific game. He set, I think it was an NCAA record for the game, too. He had 20 points and dished out 19 assists. Wow. 19. 20 and 19. Looking like Scotty Skiles over there. All those uh, assists. Shouting out uh, <laughs> best one of the best players to come from uh, Plymouth local, High School. Well, Plymouth and just local around here basketball. True. Honestly, yeah, around true. us. True. Um, Shout out Scotty if you're hearing this. <laughs> My mom's name's Ellen. You know her, maybe. Don't know. <laughs> That's another podcast. Yeah. Um. So now, what happened yesterday? Because hmm. this is big. This is big. Florida Atlantic. Yeah. Is Rachel. going to the Final Four. Yeah. You heard that right. D- should I should I repeat myself? Yeah. Florida Atlantic is going to the final four. A nine seed. Yeah. They've only lost uh three games. Three games, yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> incredible. Right. It, it it's it's disgusting. Best. Yeah. Lee Good. Lee Good. Like, it, it's I, I don't know what to say. FAU. It doesn't, it doesn't seem right. No, it's, it's a fever dream, Kenny. It'll all it'll it'll go away, <laughs> unless they win it all. At this point, honestly, they're they, only they don't have too much competition. Well, besides, I mean, well, there is another team well, out there that has been. So and the other game, well, they so Florida Atlantic beat um, Kansas State. Right, which they 79, were 76, right. which K-State, I think K-State was riding a little bit high. I think they were, yeah. And I, I heard a lot of people say that they weren't surprised that FAU beat K-State. Yeah. 
and I was one of those people that said that. Uh, just the way that FAU was playing and the fact that K-State beat Michigan State in overtime and the fact that they had a great game in that in that game too, there was going to be a game where they were going to come out and just – or think, they're, think highly of themselves and think, oh, we're going to steamroll this team and like say, mm, no. You know who thought the same way about FDU? You mean F- FAU? Sorry, I keep saying FAU. But I I know a team who came out and thought they were going to win and, well, didn't. Purdue. Ah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I didn't want to say the name, but you did. Out of so. respect, but you just, <laughs> you got to. Yeah. Yeah. I watched that game. That was painful. I did too. And I it was painful to a point because it shot one of my brackets in half. Yeah. But. On the flip side, I was like, you know what? At this point, my brackets are shot anyway. That's how it is every year, Kenny. May may, may as well just start cheering for uh, FDU. Yeah. And I did. And they won. Yeah. Um. And, well, Purdue, you um, need to get better in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Because I don't think you want to make it four straight years losing to a 13 seed or worse. Because that's disgusting. Not Lee good. Lee bad. So to the other game yesterday, that featured the four-seeded Yukon Huskies and the three-seeded Gonzaga Bulldogs. And this was a great first half. Mm-hmm. Competitive first half. Pretty close. Pretty close. Uh, the end finished, um, the end of the first half, Yukon was up by seven. It felt a lot closer than seven. Going right. into halftime. And that was the only time it was close after that. Yeah. UConn came out after halftime and went on a 22-5 to run. Blew the game open, and Gonzaga did nothing. Um, I think the big key to the game was the, the questionable foul call on Drew Timmy underneath the UConn basket. Mm. That was a very questionable call. Uh, I think at that point, you let the team play. You right. just let it play because it was incidental contact. Right. Um, and plus, at that point, Timmy had three fouls. And then that calling that foul puts him at four. So I think at some point you got to realize how many fouls you have on a certain player, especially star players, mm-hmm. um, and say, you know what, I, I can't take control of the game. Because I think at that point the ref took control of the game Mm-hmm. Um, if he knew it or not, that's a different story. Right. But from a fan standpoint, it just looked like he was taking control of the game and said, you know what, I'm deciding this game. He had some parlays to hit. <laughs> he had money to win. Took the over. I mean, the game was in Vegas. Yeah. So he he probably went to the casino beforehand. Right. And said, you know what? Hey, I'll take money on UConn. Give me UConn uh plus plus yeah plus take, thirty. Yeah, take yeah, plus thirty. Um and whatever the uh over under is for like total score probably go under just a little bit. But yeah. U UConn UConn won eighty two to fifty four. Um 
Yeah, it, it wasn't even a close second half. Um, it was a blink, and UConn was up by 15. And what's crazy is here's the thing on UConn. UConn, their closest game in the tournament has been a 15-point win. That's crazy. Other than that, it's been a 24-point win, 15-point win, 28-point win, and another 28-point win. But this is their their toughest team they've faced, I'm pretty sure. Though. Yeah, this is it – was, it was, it was the best offensive team in college basketball. Mm-hmm. And they were up by 33 at one point in the second half. Yeah. Um, that also is a testament to Gonzaga's poor three-point shooting last night. Mm-hmm. I, they and couldn't hit defense. a broadside of a barn. Yeah. And their, yeah, their defense in the second half was atrocious. It was disgusting. Lee bad. Lee bad, yeah. Um so UConn moves on to the Final Four, mm-hmm. uh, and they face the winner of Miami and Texas. And I should have mentioned that Florida Atlantic faces the winner of uh, San Diego State and Creighton. And the winner of that game is going to be San Diego State. Oh, you're calling it now. San Diego State's winning, and then you said it's Texas versus or Texas versus Miami. Texas is going to win in uh, overtime. It's going to be a very close game. They're going to win in overtime. Okay. I think the San Diego game, San Diego is going to win by like probably 15 points, 15, 20. It's going to be a blowout. It's going to be pretty, really? pretty big margin. Mm. Uh, I I think. With Cre- how with how San Diego State played against, you know, Al- they, they played Alabama, right? Or no, they didn't play Alabama. They played. Uh, Did they play Alabama? I think they played Alabama. No. Houston, no, they played Houston because Houston beat Alabama. No, yeah, San Diego State did play Alabama. No, they did play. No, 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 they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they played Alabama, beat Alabama, and they yeah. played Houston. Right? They haven't played Houston yet. Well, no, Houston's out. Right, exactly. They didn't play Houston, but they would have. They would have beat Houston. Miami, also. Miami beat. Houston. Miami beat Houston, which I did not expect. That I don't think anyone really did. I, Houston yeah. was pretty good. Yeah, Houston was good. I had Houston winning in one of my brackets because I really thought they were going to win. Plus the fact that the Final Four is in Houston. Yeah. I had it. I had a Houston, Texas, mm. Elite Eight, right? And I thought that was going to be what it was. Yeah. And boy, was I wrong. No. And this is an odd year for the tournament too, because a lot there, of there are no number one seeds. Mm. None. Yeah. The, the highest seed left is Texas, and they're a two seed. Because number one seed uh, on the one side was um, so two, Purdue. Yes. So Purdue. they lost first round. Right. Alabama lost in the Sweet 16. Right. Uh, Houston lost in the Sweet 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kansas lost, I think, in the round of 32. They lost to Baylor, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Kans- yeah. So that's right. Kansas lost to. 71. Yeah. Kansas lost to Arkansas. And. Yeah, that's right. And that was what? Round of 32? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's or, right. Se- no, second round. Get round of 32. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, then they lost the Big 12 tournament, but... Yeah. Doesn't really... But, yeah, the, the only Alabama and Houston made it further as right. number one seeds. Mm-hmm. Which is weird. It is, it is weird. This was, I, this was one of those years they had a lot of teams that lost to better matchup, like a like 
I remember a couple of years back there was a was a 16 seed beat the number one seed. Um, UMBC. Yeah. That the overall number one seed overall, Virginia. Yeah, that was crazy. But this year, I mean, we've had some pretty good upsets. I mean, yeah, even like a you know a number ten team beating you know a number what, number four number number whatever, seven number yeah. seven yeah it you know usually you take the statistics and go with the numbers on those picks, but this year has been a shell shock. It's been right crazy right like a nine seed in the final four. Yeah, that doesn't happen. Uh-huh. And then to have no no one seeds anywhere close to the final four mm-hmm. is just ridiculous. It, it's, it's crazy. Um, and then to have well, in week one uh, of the first round, I'm not I'm not counting the uh, playing games as round one. Right. The actual the tournament. actual yeah. tournament. Yeah. You had Furman beating Virginia. That's a 13 seed beating a four seed. Yeah. Uh-huh, and then. Uh, Fairleigh Dickinson mm-hmm. beating Purdue, um, and there was a lot more upsets down the road. Uh, I can't even name them all right now because we don't have enough time to do that either. Right. Uh, just this was the year of upsets. Yeah. Pretty much. Next year, it probably will just be the number one seed domination. I, I'm gonna make a prediction now. UConn's winning the national championship next year. If they don't win it this year, they're winning it next year. Notre Dame's gonna miss next year. I'm Notre calling da- that. No, Notre Dame may make the NIT next year. May. Hey, they're gonna do. A, I think they're gonna do a lot better than what they did this year. Oh, for sure, Kenny. They'll have more than three wins in the ACC. Oh yeah, definitely way more. They'll have like maybe seven, eight. Maybe so, nine if they do yeah. good, but if they go, if they have ten wins, I'll take ten. Yeah, then I could because that's them. that's that's five hundred, ten yeah. and ten. Yeah. So I'll take ten and ten. Mm-hmm. Just give me a five hundred record. Yeah. Whatever it is, I'll take it. Yeah, because that's better than what Mike Bray did here. Yeah. This year, and last year. Ah, <sighs> but that's enough about Mike Bray. Yeah. So football. Oh yeah. Uh I I saw some news. Um I needed to throw this in. Um linebacker Drew Tranquil, and you're gonna like this one, mm. uh is going to Kansas City. Oh yeah. Uh he signed a one year five million dollar deal. Um so the former uh Notre Dame linebacker is now a chief. Oh, yeah, um, baby. And if you don't know, fans, I'm a Chiefs fan. <laughs> call me a bandwagon, whatever. I've been a Chiefs fan before they won any rings with Mahomes. So call me a bandwagon, whatever. Bandwagon. Yeah, thanks. You're welcome. Chad Henney's the GOAT. Okay. That's another podcast. <laughs> Bye-bye, Juju. <laughs> Go dance with the Patriots. Don't mention the Patriots on this podcast. Or Juju. <laughs> hey, but in better news, Chiefs are probably going to pick up a, some, hopefully here soon, pick up some top uh, receivers. Are they? Yeah, probably either DeAndre Hopkins or Odell, is my guess. Really? Yeah. That's what the pot is stirring because um, Odell has had the struggle with finding an elite quarterback that can actually, like, you know, complete passes to him. <laughs> and I could tell you, Odell with Patrick Mahomes would be spectacular to watch and mm-hmm. as a fan I think 
Now, even if you're not a fan of the Chiefs, you got to agree Mahomes has some deadly accuracy and oh, yeah. great arm, you know, great thinker. Mm-hmm. Um, he just struggles with that pressure sometimes on him. And they've definitely helped him a lot with his line. They've gotten a lot better. Um, but, yeah, the Chiefs are... Chiefs are looking good, even though they've lost, you know, like people like McCole Hardman and I know losing Tyree Kill, everyone said this was gonna be a rebuild season, you know, and they won a Super Bowl. If that's a rebuild, I don't know. <laughs> I don't yeah. The Chicago Bears have been doing something wrong for a while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's like that's like saying like the Cubs are gonna win a World Series. Right. And well, you know, it took them hundred and eight years see, to do that. I'll and, never see another Cubs World Series in my life. I probably won't. No, you you won't because it's going to be another hundred and eight years, right? And then they'll win, they'll win, and then that it's going to be another hundred and eight years after. If baseball that. is still a thing, right? That's yeah, that's that's that's, that's, that's if, that something else doesn't happen before that. And I think rapture. you know what I, I yeah, yeah yeah. So that, yeah, but yeah, the Cubs are not winning another World Series, and you can mark my words on that. No, I agree with you. I'm a I mean I'm a Cubs fan, born and raised, but. I mean, devout Cubs fan, you could say. Um, and I knew they were never going to win another one when they decided to rebuild, yet they traded away their three top players, which I don't see. Get. What's weird to me is they, they entered a rebuild, an official rebuild. Right. And it was a rebuild. Yeah. Now this year they're trying to get players in to win. That's not, how, that's, that's not how it works. You have to you have to build your feeder systems in order to get better. Because you bring okay, you bring veteran players in. It's gonna work for a while, and then by some point they're gonna get fed up with the younger players because they don't know what to do. Mm, yeah, and it's gonna be like, okay, why are we here? So. Go play for a team that can actually win right, a World exactly. Series. Yeah, because maybe some of the players that the Cubs signed are actually signing with them to go to a better team. Right. Because, I mean, the Cubs' name in baseball mm-hmm. is a really big name. It's one of the biggest names in baseball. But right. they're not they're not winning a World Series this year. And neither are the White Sox because that's my team. I am a diehard White Sox fan. So there's a, there's a lot of tension between – the two teams uh, that Brady and I both like. Um, so, yeah. It's 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 going to be an interesting year for baseball. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, going back to football, uh, it look, it, I believe it's almost 100% now that Aaron Rodgers is going to the Jets. It's pretty much 100%. Um, there is. So basically, Rodgers is not the one holding up the trade. Nope, it's the it's, Packers. It's the Packers that want compensation. They want more for Rodgers, which is dumb. It, exactly. You get what you get, and you don't complain about it. Either what's going to happen is is Rodgers not going to play a year, or he's going to play. Well, if if I think he might try to pull a uh, Rob Gronkowski and just say he's quitting. And then come back, but yet the the issue with that is the Packers still have a hold on his contract if he was to retire mid um, contract. Because mm. I'm pretty sure he still got a couple years on his contract. So if he was to leave, 
there's no way he'd be able to because I think it's like a five year hold or something. Um, so they would still have to trade him, and if they decide to not trade him, he can decide to just not play, and then he's a spot on their roster, and he's still getting paid. Or he, well, he wouldn't get paid, but. It's a lot of legal stuff. I think Rodgers will be going to the Jets. Yeah, I, um, considering yeah. the Jets are trying to, they actually, I, they, uh, they traded, they, they traded away some people and then they got some people. I'm pretty sure, but that's a whole nother. Yeah, thing. I don't. It's even the have New York the, Jets, man. Yeah, I don't even have the whole butt list fumble. Of, that when I think of, when I think of the Jets, I just think of the butt fumble, man. Oh that's, yeah, that's, that's about, the most iconic Jets play in the history of the Jets. Yeah, since I've been alive, that's the biggest thing that's happened for the Jets. Yeah, I've never seen anything more interesting. Or, or besides the the one guy who's the super fan of the Jets going J E T S, or that one little kid that was like, my dad takes me to get ice cream every time the Jets win, and Sauce Gardner's like, well, you're gonna be eating a lot of ice cream this year because they won like three games in a row. <laughs> they won their first three games because that's, that's what the Cowboys, the Jets, and the Giants all always do is win their first three games. And then, and every, then their and fan base goes, okay, we're, we're, we're gonna going win. to the playoffs. Yeah, and then half of the time they don't. And then Dallas defeats Tom Brady when he has, has had a divorce, and they think, oh, we're going to the Super Bowl, guys. we got to win. And then they get absolutely manhandled by who'd they play? The uh, Eagles? I think the Eagles, yeah. yeah. Manhandled by yeah, the de- Eagles. Demolished. This, yeah. All the missed kicks. Actually, that was in the Bucks game that they missed all the extra point. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, kicker, but Brett, yeah. uh, Brett Maher or Mahar <laughs> or whatever his name is. But. Hey, hey, don't don't be talking smack about America's team. America's team. Chiefs are more American than that team, man. <laughs> okay. E- no, actually, sorry. Eagles are the, are, is America's e- team. E- Eagles, yes, but, I mean, you also got to say the Patriots because, I mean – they're the Patriots, I mean, man. Patriots. Tom Brady, Bill Belichick. Not, not even that. It's just, just it the has name. the word Patriots in it. Yeah. But, again, we don't talk about the Patriots on this podcast because no one likes the Patriots. I would say Commanders, but they just changed their name, and that's a whole other thing. You mean the Redskins? Oh, sorry. Sorry. Redskins. Yeah. I'm going to refer to the Washington. I'm going to refer to the former Washington football team as their actual name, and that's the Washington Redskins. If that offends you, good. Good. Because it's not offensive. Well, uh, we got anything else here, Kenny? Or yes. We do. Baseball. Baseball. Your sport, by the way. Oh, yeah. Getting uh, we excited. Have a, we have a few things to talk about for baseball. Um, first off, Elkhart County is getting a new minor league team. Really? Yes. What team? What's the... Um, so, uh, in the summer of this year, um, they will be uh, they will have the Elkhart County Miracle. Um, all games will be played at Northwood High School. Um, Northwood is getting a whole like new like um, softball and baseball Doesn't facility. Surprise me! It is like almost state of the art. Hmm. It is incredible. I've seen pictures of it. <sighs> Man. So they're playing at Northwood until they build a new stadium. Hmm. Uh, miracle, that is. Right. Um, and they're already in talks about building a new stadium. Uh, they already have a date, but they want to have it done. Wow. 2026. Um, and I've heard that they want to have, I think, a retractable roof. That's going to be ten, expensive, ten, man. So a 10,000-seat stadium, retractable roof. That's crazy. 
So it's going to be like one of the um, the only stadiums that's 10,000, that seats 10,000, but has a retractable roof. That'd be awesome. So, and it's not going to, it's going to be like a multi-purpose too for like, you know, basketball, you know, whatever. So they can host like baseball games there or what have you. So, yeah. It's awesome. So there's going to be some baseball over in Elkhart County. Yeah, that's cool. Mm, Yeah. Now. Disgusting. Really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Now to Major League. Ooh. I, I want to get your opinions on these. Alrighty. The new rules for this year. We're going to go one by one on the main ones that I saw. I think it, it, there's only about, was it three or there's, four? I believe it's just three. That are major. I know that, there's that, one that they... That's super major. That's super major. And then I know well, one that you're probably not going to talk about, but was a change. Base um, size. No, it was uh, contract relating, but that's oh no, I'm not, it's, no, it's not that major. It's just no, talking didn't. about the teams, uh, the force. It's called force of cap or for, force cap or it's whatever. It's nah, yeah, see, it I, doesn't I, really matter that much. Yeah, I didn't even see that one. Yeah, that one's news to me. Uh, but yeah, the base sizes are bigger. They're now eighteen inches, I think. Were they at like sixteen? Sixteen, yeah. I think is so. Like, it's really no difference. Not that they're much. gonna look. They're gonna look the exact same to you. It's and only like, gonna make a difference for the runners, for the players, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but first, first one, pitch clock, go. Do you like it or do you not? Um, I think it should not be enforced unless the game is. So that's always happening, right? The pitch clock. It's all like every, every. No, so this is the new rule. Like the pit, like this pitch clock is different from the one that the pitcher has to start the first pitch of the. Uh, the inning. I know in high school. So this one, this one is you have, I believe, 15 seconds from the time the ball is caught by the catcher and thrown back to the pitcher for the batter to get ready. You have 15 seconds. And you, the batter has to be ready by eight seconds. If not, strike. 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 I think that should not be enforced unless you are. I think earlier innings that should not be a thing. I think, I think that should only happen either if you are in extra innings or if the time scheduled for the game is over the time. Because mm. yes. you're gonna you're gonna have a player get one chucked at his head and then he has to immediately get back in the box after eight seconds. Right, exactly. Which is the issue. Exactly. That that your heart what, pumps after that. Yeah, exactly. I, I play baseball. You have to take a breather. You have to step out. You have to. Fix your gloves. You just have to focus. Right. Now, I don't mean you be Manny Machado and do a whole strut around and you know swing your bat around for twenty minutes and you know, right? You know, wave at the fans and you know try to get a girl's number. But yeah. I mean, you know, you need time. You need your own time as a batter to get your head right because mm-hmm. you know, baseball is fifty percent physical, fifty percent mental. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's all about that mentality. And if you only got eight seconds to where you got to get back in there. It's kind of, it's like quick pitching. That's one thing, you know, and I yes. play baseball. That's the thing, you know, in my league, um, the umps enforce that you can't quick pitch. That's just something that we do not like. Um, the only time you can quick pitch is if, <laughs> I mean, the only time people would quick pitch and it would be not like 
illegal is if there's a base runner, for example, and they're trying to just try to, you know, stop them from stealing or throwing, you know, their, their windups a little quicker. But that's different than just grabbing the ball and like, all right, throw. Yeah, that's like so. When I think of quick pitching, and I'm, I'm going to mention a White Sox player, Mark Burley. Mm-hmm. When Mark Burley caught the ball, I mean, he wanted to go. He was a like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And I think it's almost a strategy as a batter, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. I I haven't really played baseball in a few years, but um, a strategy at a batter as a batter for a quick pitcher is slow the game down. Don't allow him to get into a rhythm, you know. Well, what you do is you just call, you know, you have your hand up or you, you have call one time. foot out of the box. Exactly. You know what I do? If if I want to mess with a pitcher and get in their head, what you do, and one thing as a baseball player you're taught is if they're looking for the call for the pitch and they say no, either it's usually three times, two or three times, mm-hmm. they're standing there for a while, call time. Because – if they don't know what they're going to throw or if, if, if they're, you know, making you stand there because, you know, standing there with your arms ready and your bat like that, that gets tiring. Mm-hmm. So, you know, taking a second, taking a breather, you know, doing that is it helps a lot. And if I notice a kid's quick pit- pitching against me, all I do is before I step in the batter's box, I put my hand up, one foot in, one foot out. I dig in my right foot, get ready. And then I step in, get my bat there, and I'm ready to go because – I don't normally do that. What I'll do is I'll step in the batter's box, get set, okay, and then the pitcher will throw because they give that courtesy of not just immediately throwing. But if I know the guy's doing that, he can't throw to me if I'm not in the batter's box. Right. Unless the ump is enforcing that. But I don't play, you know, like travel or anything, so it's just like rec ball. But still, yeah. the umps are going to enforce what they want to enforce right. and what the rules are. Right. So – and that goes to you know the pitch clock here because there's going to be different umps that call it different ways because right. there's going to be umps that call it at seven seconds for a batter to get ready right or eight seconds and and on top of the uh, batters calling time you only get one timeout per batter at bat yeah yeah so you get one timeout. I, well, for the whole game? No, for for each bat for each at bat for each okay, at bat you get one. That's timeout. reasonable. Yeah, and I. I like that, and I don't like that. Like, I like it because it 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 does you know help the the tempo of the game. But right. you know, you get a pitch that's at your head at like ninety five, right? You know, and you have to get back in at eight seconds. Okay, you're gonna need a timeout. But if you've already used it, I mean, you there's gotta be some you know, courtesy of, you know, okay, you just had a pitch come at your head at 93 or whatever. Okay. You need, you need a second. You need a second. So there's gotta be some judgment from umpires on that. Also, one one thing I hate about baseball and I know that people complain about this, but being able to review a strike, like that's a new, that's the thing that they're doing now. I'm pretty sure reviewing strikes and balls. Like you can like throw a challenge flag and, Instant replay. Oh, did I, you hear about that? I have not heard about that mm-hmm. one. Yeah, it's a new thing they're doing. That's challenging. Okay, that, okay that's going to slow the game down because at every pitch, there's going to be a challenge. But you, you can only have a certain amount per inning or whatever. Okay, then that should be two challenges. Then one. But I, I don't one, like the challenges, man. Because I, because I don't that, like them either because it's not baseball. Yeah, 
Because if the ump's calling bad, okay, he's going to call bad for both teams. And if he doesn't, he's biased to one team, okay? Uh, yeah. You slump the pit. You slump him. You hit him with a ball high yeah. and tight, and then you just have the catcher act like it's going low. And Like, yeah. I'm not I'm not promoting violence. That's just how you play baseball. If an ump's going to be biased against your team, and, I mean, I had that in my league. I mean, we didn't clock him, but we would just we would swing at everything, and whatever we got, we'd hit, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's how it is. Exactly. Like this, the, the, I hated when they went to review. Because back back when baseball was good, if there was a bad call, mm-hmm. and especially if you were on the road and you got that call, the fans just booing like crazy. It was great. Yeah, it was great. And the fact that at the end of the game, no one really cared. Okay, it's like, oh crap, that actually wasn't that call. Like, okay, so a prime example of that would be. I'm gonna I'm gonna use another White Sox player. Was AJ Perzinski, mm-hmm. his catch on a ball that was in the dirt in uh, Game Two of the ALCS and back in 05. Yeah. Okay. No, he was actually at bat. So he was at bat. Uh, the catcher for the uh, Angels caught the ball down low. He caught it right above the dirt. I mean, it was super close. Okay, and it was a strikeout. Because he, because Perzinski did swing, right? He started. Perzin, um, AJ started walking back to the dugout, but then took off to first base because you know it's like, what the heck? Why not? Why not? Exactly. And he was called safe. After review, you know, if they had review, they would have reviewed and they would have called him out because it never hit mm-hmm. the dirt. Yeah. But in that moment, there was no review. The game kept on. The game kept going. So you've got to like take your. Back in the, you took your chances, and the game goes both ways. You know, exactly. if they give a bad call, the umps, you know, the umps will give it back. You know, to your team. Right. It may not be right away. Right. But might. you're gonna know that there's gonna be some sort of call that's gonna go your way. Yeah. And the that, NBA is just. And it's the dip. same way too. It's basically the right. same with with basketball, football, whatever. There's a bad call one way. It'll go can, back the you other would way. Probably gonna respect reciprocation from the official ump or whatever of a bad call going for your team. Right. So, and that's what made baseball so good. Um, the other, so rule two, no shift. No more shift. No more shift. Go. It hurts um, a lot of a lot of people, um, but it also, because it makes position hitters and also just people who are, it makes lefties a lot harder to play baseball a lot harder because you know if you're a righty you know you're going to naturally be hitting it left field okay and there is an extra base you know there's an there's you know short yeah short stop there and most of the time second base doesn't even play second base on those types of shifts they just move over to where shortstop is shortstop plays the middle or he plays actually I'm pretty sure in that shortstop plays back Seconds over right back past second base and then third plays the line. Yeah. And then if it's, you know, they're running a shift on someone who's a righty, shortstop moves to where second is, second moves back and over, third plays short. I mean, and then outfielders come in 
because you I'm guessing you can still do that. It's not technically a shift because if as long as they're in the outfield, but I'm pretty sure you can bring your outfield. I'm pretty sure you can bring them up to the grass because that's not a shift. I think what they're banning is the fact that second base plays the shortstop between first and second. Right. So Shorts, what they'll still yeah. do is they'll they will they'll have um instead of doing the normal shift, they'll have just the right fielder come in, um and yeah. basically play shortstop. Like, they won't in the bring, grass. You know, like they won't bring them all the way in. They'll bring them about halfway in, yeah. and they'll move center left and back a little bit. Yes, that's my guess. And then that, that's what right I would, field will stay in the same place. Like, so yeah, we'll see. Like opening day, which is a few days away. Yeah, actually, actually yeah. Um, we'll see uh, on opening day what they allow, because I'm pretty sure you're going to see so, teams trying to. Here they'll have markers for where the players can stand. Because how how it works is. Once the ball is pitched, anyone can move anywhere. Once the ball is out of the pitcher's hand, I think, you can move. Yeah. Um, but um, before the pitch, they'll probably have markers between, like, right in between, like, halfway from third to short and then second to first. Um, but I always love seeing those walls of people just standing there, like 20 of them, dude. It mm-hmm. seemed like, you know, it's the whole wall of players. And, and it. So here, here's what I don't like about it, and I, I don't like this one at all. Um, if you hit to a certain position every time, not, not, not like every at-bat, but you 85% of the time you hit the ball between first and second, you hit it that way, okay? Mm-hmm. The defense is playing to that right? with the shift. They're making you... Do something you're not accustomed to do, and hit the ball the other way. Yeah, that's not on the defense. That's on the batter. Right. That's a bat. That's a batter issue, not a defensive issue. Mm-hmm. And so the defense is playing analytics. They're like, okay, he hits it in between first and second. It's smart. So we're gonna play smart. Why give this guy a base hit? We we can get a ground out. Not saying they're going to get a ground out, but they're playing to those numbers of getting an out. So I, I don't I don't like that rule at all. Last rule, pickoffs. Um, and I forget about this one. I'm going to have to look this one up really quick. Do you have any idea what it's about? Or? That's why that's what I'm looking at. Oh, up. okay. I'm guessing it has to do with you can't pick off. You can only throw back a certain amount of times or something. Is my guess because that was a big issue. Is the pitcher would just keep checking back the the runner. Ah, this is for pitchers. So, um, pitchers may only disengage from the pitching rubber either to call timeout or attempt to pick off to throw twice per plate appearance. So pitchers can't really do a whole lot of pickoffs right. anymore. Uh, so only two times per. Because well, now that means if a runner can just steal second. If right, he does exactly. It twice. Well, okay, yeah. So if he does twice, he can just go, because then the pitcher can't do anything about it. So stealing is going to become a lot more popular. Exactly. This is okay. So baseball is trying to get faster as a game, and they're trying to draw more people in. Uh, it's not I can, the way you do th- it. No, no, no. Because I've played baseball before, so you and I both know baseball is not a quick game. No, nope. baseball is attrition based. Mm-hmm. I, to quote Moneyball, the baseball movie, it's a war of attrition. Yep. There's no clock. 
hey, this this game doesn't start with a twenty minute clock or fifteen minute or whatever clock. Unless you're playing like rec ball or younger league ball, you know, you do have a time usually you're supposed to play by. But professional, you play nine innings, you know, you have yeah. to go extra innings. That's how it you is. Go extra but innings. You go nine. Yeah. You you play nine baseball. you play nine innings. Yep. Whether an inning takes twenty minutes. Twenty minutes, five minutes, an hour. An hour. Whatever. You right. play that inning. You need to get three outs per inning. On both sides. On both sides. There's no oh okay, well you start here. Now, I like the whole rule of a man on second starting. Tenth inning and the tenth inning. That's great. I like that mm-hmm. because that makes extra innings go by fast. Right. Because if you've just played two and a half hours or three hours of a nine inning game, mm-hmm. sorry, your fans are pretty tired and they want to go. It makes it interesting with the man on second. You're right. like, okay, there's already a runner in scoring position. I like this. Right. But we may as well just start with the runner on second base and. Inning number one. Yeah. Which is basically what we're doing here. Right. So I think I'll ask, do you like any of the rule changes that baseball is doing? The shift one to an extent, but I hate the pitch clock, and I hate this other rule with the burning passion. Hey, all. Like, I, yeah, I hate all of them. Like, the the, I, the I, pitch I, clock is the worst, though. Yes. Easily the worst. Because yes. shifting is – it can sometimes be bad, like – Shifting, th- like, I think you should only be able to shift one player on the field at a time if they're going to change shifting rules. There you That's go. fair. Yes. But making it so that you can't shift at all means batters who hit a bunch of line drives or ground balls to these spots are going to have better batting numbers because they're allowed to do that because they're able to get away with it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Baseball is becoming offensive-based. They want more hits. The, the, and they because baseball is fun to watch when there's a lot of hits and a lot of players on base doing yeah, stuff. Yeah. But that's the issue. That's not what baseball is. Baseball no. is whatever team can outlast and whoever can yes. play better. Yes. Endurance. Exactly. You know that's baseball for you. That's yeah. why it's such a long game and you know sometimes boring to watch because some games have nothing. Right. It's like a hockey game. Exactly. That's the thing. Baseball and hockey are similar in that way that not a lot of points get scored sometimes. Baseball, usually more points are scored, but same thing with soccer. Soccer is exactly the same way, I think. Yes. I mean, there's always action, but a lot of midfield action. You know, yes. The real good action yes. is once it gets to the goal. Yes. Because pa- watching them pass the ball around midfield, not that fun. Corner kicks are fun. That's one thing about soccer, which is great. That, this is a whole nother thing, but... A lot of people don't like soccer here in the U.S. because they're used to watching football. It's more of a fast pace. Always, mm-hmm. you know, always something can happen. Everyone you right. can score every play. You're yep. not going to score every play in baseball or soccer. I mean, you have a home run, but home run lasts for that. That feeling lasts for 30 seconds and then it's gone. Yeah, exactly. Compared exactly. to that's why baseball is more of a slow burn kind of a sport. Exactly. Which I like baseball personally, but yes. Yes, especially, especially playing baseball. It's different playing uh, baseball than watching it. Because if you're playing, you're always in it. Especially playing the field, you always got to be ready to play. You always got to be ready to do something. Yep. You know, yep. even on the bench, I feel like I always got to be. You right. Know, even on the bench, you've got to be like watching what the pitchers doing, yeah. watching what the batters are doing, watching what the infield's doing. Because like, even even on base, 
you've got to be being on base is very fun, Kenny. Especially being able to steal bases and being able like, to like you have a like bu- you have a bunch of things to do on base. Mm-hmm. One, you've got to be watching your coach to get the sign. Right. Two, you've got to be watching what the pitcher's doing to see what you know if he's going to throw back or pick, try and pick you off or whatever. Mm-hmm. You've also, if you're on second, you have a huge job of trying to you know maybe I don't know try and look and see what's what tells the pitcher's kind of doing or what call to figure you know, it out and right. you know try and figure out calls cuz that's baseball that's right. not cheating that's baseball right and then on third you're like okay you're also getting signs from your coach and you've got to be wondering okay should i go should i not you know all that stuff right. so there's a lot of things to do and yes base and running suicide is fun squeeze. exactly so second best thing to hardest thing to do in baseball i would say I mean that or hitting a home run. I mean for like a like a batter, um, ba- batter slash base runner because you gotta know the perfect time to run to where the pitcher you're not too far out, but that pitcher's gonna throw to first instead of try to throw you out or you know take it home. Yeah, but, but yeah, I I don't like any of the rules no. that they did. And and I think the shifting one, like I said, they could easily fix it, make it one shift only, maybe make it so it has to be an outfielder that shift. Now. Like an outfielder, like could shift infield, but you'd obviously lose that outfielder position, right? Um, which would more incline people to try to pop ups, maybe, because if it's open field pop up, I mean, you got to really hustle to get to something like that. If you yeah. have one less person on the yeah. field, but I I like the one player shift, one player shift. Yeah, per is that per at bat, or is that per inning? I would think I, I would honestly say per inning. Because I don't think that I think it'd be a little too much if you sh- were able to shift. Like you can shift them somewhere and then shift them back. Yes. One person per. So inning. yeah, I like the whole shift one inning, and then you know that player has to go back to the position they usually play. Usually play and are listed as playing. Right. So you give them one opportunity to shift per inning, because mm-hmm. then you have to figure out when you're gonna shift. When you're going to shift that person during the game. When you're not. Right. So, but yeah, that's that's all I got. Yeah, I got nothing for now. else, honestly. Um, it's going to be weird next week because I'm going to have no high school basketball to talk about. You're just going to have college, man. But I'm going to have college to talk about because we're almost close to the national championship game already. Very close. This is ridiculous, by it's the way. Crazy. This tournament has gone by so fast. It's the fastest March Madness we've ever had. There's been a lot of March Madness, a lot of madness. Um, so on that note, uh, for Brady Master, my name's Kenny Kramer. Uh, tune in next week. Um, I don't know what the topic is yet, but we'll figure it out. We're gonna roll with it. Yeah. But yeah, we'll sure we'll for sure be back next week. Uh, so until then, so long, everybody. Yep. Have a good night, guys. Hey everyone, we hope you enjoyed the episode today. If you did, you should go check out the rest of our episodes on our website at ccflugnutspodcast.com. You can also listen to us wherever you find your podcasts. Follow us on our Facebook and Instagram pages by searching the Lugnuts Podcast Group. Thanks for listening, and remember, Jesus loves you, and so do we.